Winter is December. Winter is November. Winter, best of all, is the time when Christmas comes along. We're talking Zoobly Zoo. Hit it. It was 1986. The U.S. launched the polar bear satellite. Lobster bisque was a popular food trend. Reggie Jackson hit his 537th home run, passing Mickey Mantle. And Lookout Bear and Takatoo Cockatoo went on a snowy adventure to find his hibernating cousin. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is an exceptionally special guest. You'll know him as the star of Zubali Zoo. It's Michael B. Moynihan. Michael, how's it going? It's going great, Jerry. I'm so happy to be here with you. But I must say, I, I don't think I would consider myself the star of Zubali Zoo. We were an ensemble. And <laughs> you know, people who watch Zubali Zoo would, I think most maybe consider Ben Vereen the star. Uh, and I was really fortunate enough to have worked with that that cast, that very supportive, loving cast that uh, have uh, been really, really close in my life as friends, and nice. and we're like a family, and we we still keep in touch. And but thank you for saying V Star. But... <laughs> <laughs> well then, well then, let me go ahead and say one of the stars. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I think you're definitely the star of this episode that we're going to be talking about today. I'll accept that. Yes, okay. thank you. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, but before we get into it, let me just ask a quick, uh, couple of quick questions here. So how did you get started in acting? Ever since I can remember, that's all I ever wanted to do or be as an actor. And it, it may have come from, you know, when I try to really pin it down, I do remember as a little kid seeing my uncle in a play. He oh. was a great actor. And, um, and I looked around. As, as he was taking his curtain call and people were clapping for him and smiling. And I thought, wow, that's really neat. I want people to do that for me. And, <laughs> nice. uh, and so I just always wanted to do it. And so uh, when I first got the opportunity in school to be in the school play, couldn't right. wait, audition, got in the play um, and did lots of plays. When I was in middle school or junior high, as we used to call it, right. my my English teacher directed the plays oh, okay. uh, for the school. And um, she encouraged me. Uh, I think I was doing the role of Ben Harper in Tom Sawyer musical. Mm -hmm. And she encouraged me to audition at the Downey Civic Light Opera for their uh, production that was, they were casting at that time. And she had a connection with the Downey Civic Light Opera. So I auditioned. And then now I've found myself on a bigger stage with a bigger audience, you know, a couple thousand in that right. audience. And um, and I, uh, I just really loved it, loved being on stage. And so uh, that production closed and I auditioned for the next one and the next one and the next one. 
And it just is what I loved and still love doing. And um, I got more serious with training, with vocal training and dance training. And mm -hmm. I was uh, one of my first professional jobs was at Disneyland dancing oh, okay. in the Main Street Electrical Parade. <laughs> That's <And> cool. <laughs> in the audition for that, there happened to be an agent just kind of hiding, hiding in the wings, mm -hmm. uh, looking for talent. And he approached me after and uh, asked if he could represent me for television and film and commercials, TV commercials as well. Right. And I said, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. So uh, let's, let's do it together. And turns out that they're one of the best, agents in in the business and i'm still with them today that uh, how many years later over 40 years later nice uh, and i imagine especially back then i think agents were probably a little bit more hands-on than they are now very much so yeah, yeah this, um this is uh, when i signed with them the agency was william d cunningham and associates mm -hmm. and bill cunningham may had a rule and no none of my other friends who have agents have this kind of uh, relationship with their agent. But uh, Bill's rule was that every agent there had to have a chair by their desk, uh, an extra chair, so that clients like me could walk in the office at any time and sit down and talk to their agent. And that was unusual and is w more unusual now uh, mm -hmm. in a time that uh, some people have never met their agents face-to-face. -face. They just get a phone call or now a, an email. You You have an audition you know, here, or you need to do a self-tape audition and here are the guidelines and send it by tomorrow. Um, so yeah, it was a different time. Mm -hmm. And William D. Cunningham and Associates became Cunningham Escott DePini, which mm -hmm. now became Cunningham Escott Slevin and Doherty, C-E-S-D. Yes. Still, still with them and they're just great. And um, I, I think, you know, when you ask how did I get started, uh, a lot of it, like you hear from actors, was uh, good fortune, right place at the right time. That that agent saw me in that audition, and um, and I was able to then have a, you know, a successful career as an actor because of that. So, yeah, and I mean, you hear stories like that, and you see it on TV, and it's just like wow. But to actually meet someone that, that that's <laughs> happened to that's something i mean that's really extraordinary but so i know you've you've played quite a few different roles is there a role other than lookout bear that uh that has been your favorite or something that stands out to you uh they they all you know there's something about each of them that that made them special one i remember one movie that i did and it was early in my career and mm -hmm. I played Pee Wee Hutchins in the movie Body, Body Slam. Body Slam, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so much fun because I loved wrestling. I come from a family of five brothers. And so, you know, anything sports related, uh, even professional wrestling was was really a big part of our lives. And uh, in that movie, I got to not only meet some of my favorite uh, professional wrestlers who I really idolized, I actually got to wrestle one of them, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, <laughs> That's so got, cool. <laughs> and I was, you know, this very skinny kind of nerdy character. And uh, <laughs> I get in the ring and wrestle Rowdy Roddy Piper. And that was really uh, a special moment for me in my life, my career. And um, just meeting him and getting to, getting to know him. We, you know, hung out on our breaks and things. And I got to know him for that short period of time that I was on that film. And uh, that was that was a special part that I'll remember because of who I got to work with in that one. 
Yeah, it's always neat when you get to just work with people that you admire or or just your heroes. You know, it's it's yeah. usually pretty cool. Yeah, and I've got I've gotten to meet a lot of interesting and famous people uh, from Zubali Zoo because mainly because uh, their kids want to meet us. Oh and, yeah. Well, one year we were asked to be in the um, Hollywood Christmas Parade, and you know, with all of these celebrities, you know, big stars, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, um, you know, these huge stars and people like Jane Seymour were bringing wow. their kids over to meet us. Oh, my kids <laughs> want to meet you. Like we were the big stars to these people who we thought were big stars because they're kids. So. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. I, it's yeah. just, that's, yeah, that's really amazing. Uh, I think that was in 86 when you were in sounds that. Ab- sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, the footage is actually out there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. Uh, which I do have one question before we jump into this episode. How hot was that costume? Because it, it was always... hot, hot. Yeah, yeah, really hot. And yeah, um, we shot the the original sixty five episodes were shot in Van Nuys. Oh um, yeah, and it, in the summertime, and it's really hot. And just like with any television production or film, uh, every time the cameras were rolling or sound really is what they did it for uh, to get clean sound they had to shut off all the air conditioning mm-hmm. in the studio so we'd shoot the scene and then right when the scene was over they'd turn the air conditioning back on but it would get really hot and uh you know the makeup that we wore was pretty um pretty fragile so we would constantly be being touched up and fixed and uh but it was that the costumes are hot yeah yeah, it, it just always seemed like it. And yeah. I I typically run hot. So whenever I see someone in a costume, I'm always like, yeah. oh, they got to be. Oh, know, yeah. Up and, uh, <laughs> yeah. They, but, you know, there were people who looked out for us, uh, you know, on, yeah. the, on the crew that made sure that right when we finished the scene, they could take, depending on the character, you know, their costumes. Like I had a, a, a whole piece that covered um, most of my head. Right. And came down onto my shoulders. Um, and, uh, you know, other characters had other types of, of headpiece and, um, you know, they, they would quickly get that off and put fans on us and air conditioning. So it it wasn't as bad as, as you might think, but, um, yeah, we were, we were pretty soaking wet <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of the day under uh, those costumes. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, how early were you actually cast in the, you know, in the production uh, process like or when were you involved i should say um they originally the original concept from hallmark were characters that were wore heads you know so you wouldn't be able to see the face oh okay um, and then then i don't know how they would have cast that i wouldn't have been a part of that but right um uh, steve bender 
was one of the one of the advocates for casting actors uh, and and using makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was our executive producer. And um, then then it was just a matter of casting call. Lila Selleck was the casting director, and my agent just one day said, "Oh, you have an audition for a new TV show. Uh, how do you feel about wearing a prosthetic nose and makeup?" And I thought, "Whoa, that." that sounds cool. I'd really like that. Uh, you know, when we were cast, a lot of my actor friends kind of made fun of me that, Oh yeah, you put a bear suit on and, and <laughs> I was like, Hey, I, I love it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And as an actor it is a different type of role and yeah. a, a role that not many actors get to play. So, um, I was one of the first ones cast. I remember. And, um, there were, let's see, I think, Four of us were cast right away. We had uh, many auditions and callbacks. And I gotcha. at my final callback, they told me right there, normally they would uh, go through my agent. And I would hear from my agent, but they told me right there, you, you've got the part. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and I went straight to the Columbia Bar and Grill with a buddy of mine. Hey, I've got a TV series. <laughs> hey, we're, we're rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were drinking champagne and... Uh, but it really was, you know, as an actor, although I'd already done lots of television and film work and commercials, uh, um, this was a regular part in TV series. So that was a big deal yeah. for me. And yeah. um, so then I remember they cast, I think, four of us right away. And um, one of them, well, two of the characters uh, changed. The actors changed. One of them uh, was Ken Page was cast as Van Gogh Lion. Ken Page is a great Broadway actor and um, now does quite a bit of voiceover work on um, Night- Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, oh, Ken yeah. Page, mm-hmm. uh, great actor. And Ken Page originally was cast. And then um, I guess through negotiating his contract, uh, didn't work out. So um, gotcha. he, he didn't end up doing any episodes. Um, he was recast before we started shooting. Um, and then, uh, the original Builder Beaver was Michael Sheehan. And Michael Sheehan actually did a few episodes, I think three episodes of Zoobly Zoo, mm-hmm. before he decided that it wasn't for him. And, That's a... um, and I still keep in touch with him. He's, he's a great guy, very talented actor, and he predominantly did voiceovers. And he found himself here on camera and wearing a costume that was not very comfortable for him. Right. And he said, boy, if this turns into... Um, something that, that last years, I'm not going to be, don't think I'm going to be happy. So, um, he backed out and that's how we got Sandy Grin as Builder Beaver. Builder Beaver. Sandy and I are really close friends. We just went to a Dodger game together this past Wednesday. Oh, nice. (laughs) And got to, got to see the Dodgers beat the San Francisco Giants, which is always fun. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I, even though I live in Dallas, I'm from South Texas, so I'm more of a, an Astros fan. So uh-huh. whenever the Astros play the Rangers, uh, you know, I, I still root for the Astros. So oh, great. I... <laughs> ah, that's good. Yeah. I'll be in Texas in uh, October, but in Austin oh, to visit okay. my younger brother and his family. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I work at a Christmas store up here, so if you ever if you have a chance to come up and uh, visit, it's uh, the largest Christmas store in Texas. <laughs> oh, great. And is it in Dallas? It's in Arlington, so it's right in between oh, Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah. Oh, but, great. Uh, I have a cousin uh, who's from Ireland, and he and his wife are living in Dallas right now. Oh, okay. Um, she's working there. So I, 
Maybe I'll go visit them and I'll pop into the Christmas store. Yeah, it's fun. You should. Great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, again, I know I really want to get into this episode, but there's just a couple of questions really nagging. Me. Oh, so like, yeah. Like how early would you get the scripts for the shows? Is that something that you'd get a, a lot of time to prep for? Or? No, not a lot of time. We we would do the Zoobly Zoo was considered a strip series, meaning it's on every day of the week. Right. Um, and right. so we would do five shows. We would actually shoot five shows in a week. Oh, wow. And um, that means we would get, well, we got our first five episodes. I don't know. It seems like about a week before we started shooting them. And then uh, on Monday, we'd get to the set on Monday. And first thing Monday morning, we would do a table read of okay. all those five episodes, each script. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. And that would take us into lunchtime. And we break for lunch and come back from lunch and actually start uh, blocking, camera blocking and rehearsing okay. mm -hmm. on Monday after lunch. And then we would all day Tuesday rehearse and camera block scenes. And imagine shooting five scripts out of sequence. We would, we would go from one set uh, and shoot all of the scenes in those five shows on that one set, because now it's lit <laughs> yes. and ready to go. Yeah. And then move to the next set. We each had our own set, really, you know, each character. Mm -hmm. um, and and we do all five shows on that set and then move to the next set. Um, so we would shoot all five shows Wednesday through Friday. Friday, when we finished shooting, sometimes it was late at night, they would hand us a uh, a manila envelope with five scripts in it. And we had the weekend to learn our lines. <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was 22 years old, 22, 23. And so my weekends were mainly hanging out with my friends and stuff, but I would look at the scripts. Um, right. But I, I was always able to, to learn lines really quickly. So I would, I would pretty much learn my lines Monday and Tuesday and, and not give up my weekend. Now, other actors, work differently karen hartman who played talking to cockatoo i remember she really uh sat with her scripts most of the weekend and she even made recordings and on her recordings she read all of the other parts and it was so much fun to listen to her recordings because she would imitate us doing <laughs> all the lines and then leave a space where her line is supposed to be so that she could you know practice with it right yeah and that's how she works so she she really um worked hard over the weekend and was prepared Monday. I was, I looked at the scripts over the weekend and then came in and, and really uh, started working, memorizing on Monday and Tuesday. And even all the way up until the time where we're shooting that scene, uh, I would, you know, right before we'd, we'd shoot the scene, I'd still be going over my lines and, uh, and memorizing even more. Mm -hmm. and, um, gosh. And then we do it all again after we shoot, finish shooting on Friday. Here's your five scripts for Monday. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so that it was a lot, but really good uh, for an actor. Good training, mm -hmm. having to learn so many lines. And I don't, I don't remember any any actor friends who ever had to learn, you know, five five scripts a week. It's pretty uh, pretty cool. That's a, is is that just so you can get reach the uh, the thirteen week syndication? Yep. Window there. Uh -huh. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, five shows a week and uh, 65 weeks. Why is it 65 weeks? I think it's 65 episodes. I mean, 65 episodes, 13 right. weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
yeah, it was really good training for an actor, really good practice. And after that, it, you know, it's pretty easy to memorize one script after that. Five. <laughs> You're like, this is child's play now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, did you do anything special to get into character as Lookout? Yeah, we actually had a acting coach. I think that's what they called him. Um, Ed Greenberg, really great guy, uh, improv guy. Okay. And they hired Ed to to work with us to um, incorporate our animal characteristics and kind of um, blend in those animal characteristics, but with our human characteristics as well. Because Azubel, okay. right. um, for those who, who have seen the show, know that Azubel is, you know, humanoid in ways, right? but also uh, has a different you know, animal character too. And so when you asked if we, any special way to prepare, we would do exercises with Ed Greenberg in improv and things like that to, to develop the characters. And um, I noticed in the very early episodes, we see much more of the animal characteristics. And as the characters really developed, they became more, pretty much human with letting the makeup and the costume be the, the animal part. But the, and, and, you know, and then I don't think, I don't remember any of us doing anything special during, you know, to prepare each day. Um, we would do some vocal warmups though, because mm -hmm. every, every episode in has music uh, elements to it that we would also have to learn the music uh, from the right. song, any, any songs we're singing. So, yeah, we would do some. There was a piano on the set. We would do some vocal warm ups and things. And would you get lead sheets, like actual sheet music for that, or was um, it wasn't actually? No, I I take it back. We would get um, lyric sheets. Oh, lyric and, sheets. Okay. And uh, cassette tapes. Oh, okay. Uh, and the cassette tape had um, scratch vocals on it uh, right. with whoever wrote the song. We had uh, lots of different people that wrote songs. Glenn Jordan wrote most of them, and. Um, and we would get, you know, he would sing along. So you would have that for reference for the melody line. And then uh, on the same cassette tape would be uh, the accompaniment with no vocals so that you can rehearse over that. Mm -hmm. I still have some of those tapes, too. It's pretty neat. That is neat. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can play them uh, without like a recorder anymore, but. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll have to go buy a cassette player to, <laughs> yeah, in order to be so. able to do it. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think uh, Saban and and Shuki Levy wrote the the theme song, didn't they? Well, Jerry, or is that uh, is that just a, are they just credited as? <laughs> they're credited, and gotcha. you know, without without going too much into it, right, um, right. Heim Saban is credited on a lot of the songs in Zubali Zoo, and he, uh, I don't remember his exact title music coordinator or something but he was able to get co-writing credit on a lot of songs that were written by other people um, uh, I gotcha. um david pomerantz actually wrote the theme song to zubilee zoo and um heim saban owned a recording studio this is before he was a you know multi-billionaire right and he he had this recording studio in studio city and we were he actually engineered that session oh okay the, for the theme song and um and then he i think they recorded 
most, maybe all of the songs at his studio. And, uh, and he ended up getting writing credit on a lot of the songs. And I think he did that with other shows that he worked on power Rangers and mm -hmm. other things. So uh, I got to, he didn't write the theme song. That was David Pomerantz, great songwriter and, um, and great singer and performer. Gotcha. Well, I'm sorry to hear that because I, I write I write music as well, so it's very mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's very not cool. So we'll just skip on past that. <laughs> uh, I guess let's let's go ahead and jump into the plot. So we're talking episode 16 here, Winter Wonderland, mm -hmm. and this is a very lookout bear centric uh, episode here. Yeah, I, I can imagine you were pretty excited whenever you'd get uh, one that focused more oh, yeah. on, on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, I have the script. Oh wow! My, my original uh, shooting script. I don't know if you can see, but I can. Oh, I've yeah, got, I've got my filter on there. But um, and in each script um, has a cover page with the the title of the episode and who it's written by and when it was uh, uh, you know revised and things like that. And then the next page is the cast list, and the cast list has major roles and minor roles. So yeah, when you get your scripts and you see oh major roles, great. I'm doing a lot in that. Um, but there were also weeks that I thought, oh boy, I, I hope I'm minor roles this week because <laughs> you know I could use oh, yeah. a break. But um, <laughs> fortunately for me, Lookout Bear started to become uh, you know one of the real popular characters that the writers would write for, and um, and I think it's because Lookout Bear embodies so many characteristics that um, that kids look to for um, uh, you know. I don't know just how, how a lot of kids like to live their lives, you know, with adventure and mm -hmm. excitement and um, exploration. Um, so I yep. ended up, you know, getting to, um, to be featured in a lot of episodes and this one there, it's right there. Uh, major roles. Talk to lookout. Yeah. It's basically just a two hander, right. For, for y'all to, uh, yeah. everybody else kind of joins in a little bit, but it's uh -huh. really focused on y'all. And and that was kind of nice when when you did get a break like that when you know when you weren't uh, super uh, featured in a script you mm -hmm. know you got to it was you got to relax hang out and and but a lot of times when when we were minor characters in a script we'd still be there to support our other cast members and you'd right. want to see what's going on you want to see their scenes and stuff so um, yeah but uh, this one definitely was uh, lookout and Takatu's show. And um, and she's just a wonderful actress, Karen Hartman, who plays Takatu. And um, anytime I got to do scenes with her, I just always loved it because she's very, very funny and also very nurturing and mm. uh, and supportive as an actress. So that was great. Yeah, it's always good to work with people like that. Yeah. Uh, so this starts off with uh, Mayor Ben, just like mm. you know a lot of them do, and he's kind of looking through his trunk, and he uh, he's taking out earmuffs and I think a scarf and some mm -hmm. very large boots, and then his uh, swimming trunks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> which I think we're we're like tie dyed orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's very fashion fashion forward, Mayor Ben. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> But he kind of sets up the whole uh, the whole dynamic of the hibernating bear and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that that's what bears do. And I mean, he basically just sets up uh, essentially the plot. Yeah. From there, we cut to 
Well, really, we cut to Takatu's house and you arrive. Lookout Bear mm-hmm. arrives on the scene and yep. um, Lookout's just very, very bummed. Hi, Lookout. How you doing? Oh, great. Thanks, Takatu. Oh, gee, you don't sound great. I mean, great is the, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day and I never felt more zooberific in all of my life. <laughs> Try it. I can't, Takatu. You see, I'm worried about my cousin Grizzly. I just went up to pick up my mail. I didn't get a letter from him. Because his cousin Grizzly hasn't written him back. He hasn't received a letter from him since, like, the fall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and I like this episode because there's a lot of uh, really fun gags and jokes in here. And, you know, every episode of Zoobly Zoo, you'll find that. that, And... It reminds me of uh, the old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons where so much of the humor is way over the kids' heads mm-hmm. and really directed towards the parents. And it made Zoobly Zoo really fun to watch for parents because they either over here, you know, you know, dad's in the, you know, in the other room working on something or mom and, and they overhear things uh, that jokes that are directed to the parents that they know their kids aren't going to get. So, uh, <laughs> and I think parents appreciated that. So. This is one of those episodes where, yeah, there's lots of little bits and things like that. Yeah, I and as a parent myself, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> oh, good. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I'm a parent. But I do like how he says, um, you know, that, that he hasn't received a letter. And Takatu says something like, well, the, the zoo-s mail is slow. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, even that, like... Uh, you know, a lot of kids will get that, but that's one of those things their parents will really oh, zoo us. Yeah, <laughs> we're always we were always doing things like that, making up words, um, you know, with turning words into uh, you know replacing letters with Z, as many Z's as possible for zoobly zoo. You know? I think later on you even say zooberific. Yep, uh, as well. <laughs> yep, that we had our own, you know, our own uh, dictionary of of Zubily Zoo words, and that was one of them. Zooberific. <laughs> you know, if you actually uh, printed that out and published it, you'd probably make quite a killing on that. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do it, you and me. All right, all right, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> and hi, <I'm> Saban. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got to get credit. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you no. Um, so, <laughs> Takatu, you know, comforts him and, and basically tells him, well, he's probably hibernating. And this is where I feel like Lookout is a lot more naive in this episode than in some of yeah. the other ones. She says that and Lookout says, what, Bernating? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and then later on, he says, what's what's winter? Yeah. 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 We laughed about that. Like how how I'm sorry, how dumb Lookout is in this. <laughs> hibernating? What's hibernating? Well... Hibernating is a sleep that lasts for months. Oh, boy, I've never been that tired before. Oh, well, some animals hibernate all winter long. What's winter? Winter? Ah, winter's the coldest time of year. (laughs) It's when it snows. Oh, what's snow? And I think um, this was, let's see, this was written by Andrew... Borakov and Bill Rosenthal. We had a, a, a small staff of writers, and then they would take submissions from other writers who would submit an idea for a script. And this is one of those. Oh, and you okay. Can, if you know the show, if you know Zoobly Zoo, you can kind of tell 
that the characters are are not themselves and right. um and that the writers who wrote most of the scripts i don't know that they would um portray lookout as being that naive and even though lookout bear is probably uh, i would say the second youngest of all the zoobles definitely mm-hmm. a kid like a boy scout ag kid right um but he's still uh, pretty sharp and especially when it comes to things like hibernating winter lookout is an outdoors person too so um yeah it was a little out of character right and and i think that's where i where i really saw it because he's an adventurer he's a traveler he should know what some of this stuff is yeah Yeah. absolutely so it was a little little weird yeah but you know i'm just (laughs) doing my job i just read the words that's (laughs) that's that's right uh but we get a a wonderful song which i believe is um just a a reworked version of life is an adventure Um, that's right yeah winter's an adventure yep and that that happened a a good handful of times on zoobly zoo where uh, a melody was borrowed from another song and the words rewritten well and and especially shooting you know five scripts a week i bet that helped quite a bit yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it did. And this is one of those uh oh, boy. <laughs> Come and take a sleigh ride. Come and make a snowman five or six feet tall. Maybe I skate if the ice is strong. Oh, this is fun talking to you. <laughs> Winter is December. Winter is November. Winter best of all is the time when Christmas yeah life is an adventure as as lookout bears anthem pretty much right yeah and then uh talk to sings winter winter's an adventure (laughs) and uh she has a great line here she says something like get down with your bird self oh yeah (laughs) and i think uh i think that was her ad lib and she would always do stuff like that and really funny cute ad libs and the directors you know one in particular, David Grossman, uh, would kind of encourage that. And at the end of a a, a scene, like when the dialogue ends, he wouldn't necessarily uh, yell cut right away. He'd let us ad lib out of the scene. And um, yeah, and talk to you saying, get down with your bird self is, is her own thing. <laughs> well, and he actually directed this episode. So that. Uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. So that that scans, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Uh, so they get the idea to go to Van Gogh Lyon's place and check out because uh, he's probably got a painting of picture uh, of winter somewhere. Yeah, and since Lookout Bear is so dumb, uh, they'll go <laughs> they'll go over to Van Gogh's place and talk to will show dumb Lookout what winter looks like. <laughs> I, I prefer naive. <laughs> <laughs> naive, naive. There, there you go. <laughs> No, it is nicer. But yeah, so they go and uh, he's doing that classic painter thing where he's staring at his yeah. thumb. Uh-huh. And uh, and again, another great gag. We we get to see what he's actually painting. And instead of something off in the distance that he's just using his thumb to actually check scale for, uh-huh. he, uh, it's actually a picture of his thumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> another another uh, joke for parents. The kids The kids will laugh, too. But yeah, I think I think it's even funnier to adults. <laughs> well, and then he says something like, "I'm thinking of painting all my fingers." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. a good bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and what does he call it? What does he call his painting? Thumb? Was it just thumb? 
thumb. thumb. <laughs> I, I, I call it thumb. Yeah, I'm considering doing portraits of all my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, those are good bits there. Yeah. Uh, so they ask if they can see winter or, or a painting of winter or some mm-hmm. sort of snowy scene. And so he says, yeah, let me go get it. And he has to go get it from the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> pretty it's, funny. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's just a great bit. And so they ask, well, why would you keep your painting in the freezer? And he says, cause he doesn't want the snow to melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of, lots of uh, yeah, one liners and, and funny, funny bits. Those are, that's funny. Yeah. Well, and then this is where, again, Lookout is not as sharp as he normally is and says, uh, I think he even says something like, well, where's all the grass and leaves? Mm-hmm. To which Van Gogh says, well, it's it's under the snow because I painted it there. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? Yeah. yeah. I, Lookout says, how do you know? Because I painted it there. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like he really painted all the grass and leaves <laughs> and that scenery and then covered it up with snow. That's that's a lot of white paint to cover over the green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that stuff doesn't cover very well. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they they decide to to get you know that maybe Mayor Ben can actually send them in the painting, and uh, and they can visit the snow. And uh, it's again, it's like the magic is really cool because you know a normal show wouldn't just magically make them there they just maybe show them getting on a train to go but yeah. mayor ben they just jump in the painting and so it's yeah. it's quite ingenious if you think about it yeah, yeah and um really creative but also there were some special effects that today look pretty uh elementary but uh, looking back some of the things that we did were pretty advanced for that time you know mm-hmm. well i remember that episode where you uh where you summon the witch Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and then she appears. I mean, yeah, uh, that yeah. Sc- scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. It's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> For example, it says right here, look out to call up a witch. This is what you do. You put your thumb on your head like this and you spin around two times. One, two. Oh, <laughs> and you say, Kazee, Kazooie, Kazinkazich. Oh, magic spell, bring me a witch! <laughs> and imagine that. <laughs> and that's supposed to call a witch? Bravo! <laughs> look behind you! <laughs> look behind me? Oh, come on, look out. I'm not going to fall for that old gag. Wait, wait, you're going to tell me there's a witch behind me? <laughs> <laughs> look out! <laughs> Silly kid. Witches. <laughs> uh, so, Lookout's packing... And uh, Wazat comes up and wants to know what he's up to. And Lookout mm-hmm. doesn't want to tell her. Yeah. And then there again, uh, kind of out of character, Lookout gets a little mean with her. Like, no, yeah. I don't, you know, Lookout doesn't want to take her. And um, and normally all of the Zubles are so loving to each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was another thing that I felt was a little out of character. That yeah. um, when was it- Wazat is asking, you know, so many questions and what did, what do i say uh, okay talk to and i are going to visit winter and play in the snow and look for my cousin grizzly and she says i want to go and yeah and then uh she says it again and lookout says you promised you wouldn't ask and goes through this whole thing and kind of felt like lookout was being mean to her yeah which you're right it's like they were all a big family so yeah. was, was was that something that you noticed while you were 
reading through the the script? Yeah, like during the yeah, I did. And you know, and they were really good about you know the director, producers, good about listening to our input, what we had to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember pointing that out. Like that doesn't seem like in character for for Lookout. Wouldn't he have some sort of nice way to l- let was that down? You know, easy that she wasn't going to get to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I guess they they don't care what I had to say. Well, and it makes sense. <laughs> if, if, well, I guess they don't always, uh, you know, listen. But it does make yeah. sense if, if someone like not one of the regular writers wrote it that they might know yeah. not know your character as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, Mayor Ben, who I notice is holding some snowshoes, uh huh, he says he can send them as long as they're back before the paint dries. Yeah, and so then they they go through. You know, well, what does that sound like? Uh-huh. <laughs> and well, it sounds like a door with the rusty old hinge. Yeah. And, to which what uh, was that actually makes the noise? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She did a good job. Well, she's she's our uh, resident musician and uh, singer, and I guess all anything audio goes through was that. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Auditory, you know. Yeah, she can make sounds and yeah. And everything, well, she yeah. yeah. Well, she did it well. Um, because you you understood what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so Mayor Ben says, uh, "Zubali D, Zubali Do, through the winter painting you go, and y'all are magically transported in where you start immediately playing uh, uh, baseball. Like you've, yeah, Takatu says she used to form snowballs with her family, so she, you grab a a little snow bat essentially, and and you play uh-huh. baseball, <laughs> yep. which is fun. I mean, I'm in Texas, so I don't uh-huh. get a lot of snow." But yeah, yeah it, it looked like it was a lot of fun to to do that. And I would have loved doing that growing up. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to do some of it growing up. I grew up in Southern California, but, uh, you know, not too far from Los Angeles. We have mountains where we go skiing. And, mm. and I would, you know, uh, with my four brothers, my mom and dad would take us up to the snow a few times a year. And yeah, we would do that. And I remember um, when we were shooting that scene, uh doing something that I would do with my brothers. And it was uh, from the movie um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Ferris Bueller and his buddy are sitting at at Wrigley Field. What were were you going to say? I was going to say the swing batter. Yeah. Hey, bada, 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 bada. (laughs) Hey, bada, so wing, bada. (laughs) Cameron. (laughs) I had to to throw that in when we were shooting that scene. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Yeah. Ferris Bueller, yeah. It's such a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Bueller. 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 Yeah, and and it looks like you're having so much fun, and um, and then she, it cuts to you know where she's pointing out, and I guess this is some of the more educational aspects uh, again. So you've already taught us about hibernating and uh, you know what certain animals do and why, but mm. now we start learning about language. Yeah. So they point to deer, and mm-hmm. uh, it's you know she corrects you. Well, it's not deers. It's deer. It's deer, yeah. And same thing. It's not gooses, it's geese. Mm-hmm. But it's not meese, it's moose. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. and once again, lookout being naive, Jerry. <laughs> it's so it, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. You know, he he really is uh very naive. <laughs> well, you know what? English is hard. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's a fun way, like uh Every episode of Zubli Zoo had great lessons in it that were yeah. uh, woven into great storylines and music. And, right. And yeah, that's a fun little lesson about um, groups of animals. 
Well, and it did seem like almost every single Zubal embodied like a different way to learn. So mm-hmm. Lookout is more like that uh, kinetic uh, yeah. learning, you know, where he he has to go adventure and explore yeah. and feel and do and things. Actually and actually do things, yeah. Yeah. And and Takatu uh, learns through words and through she's words. the word bird, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that was a good, uh, I mean, I, I like that combo. You know, yeah. because I myself am, am more uh, like I can read something and, and learn it, whereas mm-hmm. sometimes I don't always get it doing it. I have to I, yeah. let me read about it first. So I, yeah. I love that and, combo. It's great. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm a doer. I, I need to do things. I can not necessarily just read something and it locks in. If, right. I, if I'm doing it, then it's easier for me to. I got gotcha. to. Yeah. So Mayor Ben calls Van Gogh, tells him to paint some snow. We get another funny gag where he says, what color do you want it to be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Which is which is kind of neat because my dad played a song uh, for me and my brothers when we were younger, a Harry Chapin song uh, called Flowers Are Red about an art uh, a teacher mm-hmm. who told the kids to paint flowers red and the grass green. And here comes a young kid who wants to paint with all the colors. You know, why can't I paint a purple flower, a, a green flower? Oh, the grass is green. Flowers are red. And um, and there are some teachers that are like that, that say, this is the way it goes. You have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. When this this young kid, you know, wanted to explore with colors and things. Right. And so I think this is great. What, you know, what color snow do you want? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen purple snow. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it might have sparked something for a child and in, in their creativity. Like, oh, wait a minute. I can paint snow whatever color I want. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know? Yeah. Let's make a blue duck. Why not? <laughs> yeah. When we, when we go outside with the snow we see is white or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever color it's mixed with, you know, gets dirty and then it's brown, whatever. <laughs> Right. But, yeah, but why? But why? You know, limit especially an artist. Right. And, you know, how about how about purple snow? Why not? But he has a good response. Makes no difference to me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Another good, another good line, one liner. And immediately, lookout says, "Hey, the sky is leaking." And then she says, no, you know, it's, it's just melting. Cause he's, I think he even says something like I killed it after she says it's, it's snow. The sky's and linking. She says, uh, why it's snow snowing snow lookout says, uh, and then in the script says Zuba, wah, wah, wow. And that's another <laughs> thing I do remember. I forgot what I ended up saying, but I did not say Zuba, wah, wah, wow. Uh, and then see talking to, I caught one. And she says, I don't see anything. And I said, what? It was there a minute ago. I killed it. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, no, you didn't kill it, dear. It just melted because your body is warmer than the snow. Another lesson there. Another so. lesson, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then he falls on the ice. They The ice starts to break. And so they mm-hmm. immediately run off. But they're able to find Grizzly's cave. Yeah. And I like how they scrape the sign. And it says uh-huh. like, 
home of grizzly bear. Do not disturb until spring. Hibernating. Yes. Hibernating. <laughs> and she gets yep. very, very scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, hey, I'd, I wouldn't want to wake a sleeping grizzly either. Yeah, even a cousin. That's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I'm from a large Hispanic family, so I think my cousins would probably beat me up if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look out, you know. That's his cousin. He he wants to say hi to his cousin. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he he won't hurt us. It's it's yeah. grizzly. <laughs> so they go in the cave and we see lookout lying or not lookout, excuse me, grizzly lying down asleep and then they start to hear the paint drying so they uh-huh. like, they they take off. Did you hear something funny? Oh, well, like the sound of an old door with a rusty hinge. That wasn't the door. That's the sound of paint drying. Holy cow. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Or we're going to be stuck in right. winter for, forever. Yeah. Let's go. And another funny bit as like they're leaving, Takatu can't help but notice that the plant was dry and dying, which is yeah. really cool. I mean, that uh, I would just try, be trying to leave as fast as I could if there was a grizzly after me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she she loves creatures. She does. Um, big and small. Even the, even the plants are her friends. And she says, oh, I made a major Zubu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another funny one. Um, and then I think you say, let's get out of here before we turn to a couple of Zeus. Zeusicles. Yeah. Zeusicles. Yeah. Zeusicles. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, and so there's, uh, this is where we get the audience participation portion. And so Mayor Ben convinces everyone if they clap their hands and cross their fingers and just think wet paint, wet paint. Yep. And you can hear the other Zubels chanting wet paint because there's just yeah. one tiny little portion that's wet left. Right. And that's that. That's kind of a scary idea, you know, for little kids to think <laughs> it, that look out true. and talk to are going to get stuck in a painting. That's <laughs> that's that's gnarly. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but of course, they make it out, and um, then we get a reprise of uh, "Winters and Adventure," and uh, Mayor Ben wraps it up. So on on a day like this, where it was mostly just y'all two, would that affect production in any way? Because I think the version that I watched had a, a couple of segments here and there. I, it was like from the archive on, on YouTube. Uh-huh. And so yeah. I think it, it actually had some information. So whenever something like this, where it was uh, really just a couple of people that were the major characters, would would you guys just be recording later? Or was it something that you come no, in and do necessarily. extra? Gotcha. Yeah, not necessarily. We would do it just the same, you know. And And this one, you notice that there aren't many scenes on other sets mayor ben's cave which Mm -hmm. happened to be a different um sound stage uh where we shot zoobly zoo it's havenhurst studios Mm -hmm. and there were two sound stages one big one and on that big one you had all of our sets every everybody's set was and it looked like uh if you just looked at it it looked like zoobly zoo you know where Mm -hmm. everybody's set is is laid out and like a on a road up going up uh, a road and um and then ben's stage was a smaller sound stage that had his set with his cave you know overlooking zoobly zoo and on a day like this when there were just mainly two of us in the episode i remember it being just a little quieter because there wasn't as much activity as there mm. would be if all five of us is there five or six 
six of us, right? Six, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If all six of us were doing a scene, there would be a lot more activity because everybody had, uh, you know, their makeup artist and, um, and it was all, I don't want to make it sound like we had a whole team of people for each actor, but right, right. there, there was a lot more activity, like, you know, more, uh, each actor brought more people to the set. Gotcha. So when there were, when there were six of us doing a scene, that was six of us, a lot more makeup artists, a lot more uh, hairdressers, a lot more uh, everything, a lot more uh, production assistants, things like that. So um, I never actually thought about it till you asked the question. But the only difference was that it it was just a little quieter on the set and and not as much activity okay. when, we, when we would have an episode like this. And I think this was the only time that Christmas was mentioned in all of the uh, in the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's and, and you found it and you found it and, <laughs> I, I will and because find of it, that yeah. i get to be on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> which i'm very grateful for <laughs> all right so in the 1986 uh hollywood christmas parade that we were talking about um i think uh everyone was in costume except uh ben was that just because of like a scheduling thing or i don't think so i think it was because he was already a, a big star you know uh, and, I gotcha. uh, and I know he did not like the makeup. I remember one day mm. on the set, he um, he just uh, he, he described it as being claustrophobic in in his nose. Oh, and, yeah, I can imagine that. And he ripped it off. And I I think and I, uh, I was there when he did it. And I remember him thinking that okay, I I'm done for the day. Because mm-hmm. those those noses were very expensive, hundreds of dollars for each nose. Oh wow! And we could only wear it once, so uh, that's a lot of noses that we went through. Mm-hmm. But so he thought, oh, I took I took my nose off, so I'm good. I'm done for the day. I can't take it anymore. And they go, no, we got to keep shooting. We'll put another nose on you. Oh, <laughs> so, no. <yeah. laughs> oh so, no! So he he wasn't crazy about the makeup, right? And um, and none of us were really recognizable as actors then um so it i think the costumes made such an impact the costumes won an emmy award they did Uh, yeah the costumers won an emmy award for for creating them but uh so i think the idea and our publicist at the time was a big part of this decision was uh, we'll wear our costumes and kids will get excited about watching zoobly zoo on tv and they'll see the zoobles in person Mm-hmm. And then Ben Ben will sort of be himself and gotcha. Uh, you know the celebrity Ben Vereen, <laughs> uh, and I think that was a I think that was a good decision. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we got to meet so many famous uh, actors, and uh, we have really great photographs from that time. And um, the guy who played the Lone Ranger was there in his in his costume and his mask and his guns and got a great picture with him and like i said jane seymour and her family rip taylor um, <laughs> that's fun uh, he always seems like, like so much fun <laughs> yeah he was he was totally in character and that night i don't know um if this is interesting to anybody but me but it sure was neat the um uh the green room everybody's quote unquote dressing room all the celebrities mm-hmm. dressing rooms were uh different hotel suites right around Hollywood. Oh, okay. Um, And ours was the penthouse at the Roosevelt hotel. And 
Clark Gable and Carol Lombard live together in that suite, that penthouse suite. And so it's got a lot of Hollywood history. Yeah. And that, that was our dressing room uh, or waiting room. And then they, uh, when it was time, they picked us up in limousines and brought us to KTLA uh, television studio um, and brought us into the, the waiting room, the green room there. And that's where we saw all these celebrities. And uh, we were kind of a spectacle with our costumes and makeup. So even for those who didn't know Zubilee Zoo, they wanted to come over and, and say hi. Um, but the ones who did know Zubilee Zoo were uh, very excited to bring their kids over. And, that's cool. <laughs> it's yeah. still so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask, what would you say? And I know it's kind of, kind of hard because it's such a big part of your life and it's all a great experience. But what would you say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment as part of Zubali Zoo? Um, it's a little strange that this would be my happiest. Um, but I'll tell you a, a couple um, things that came from Zubali Zoo that were looking back happy at the time not so happy um one of them was uh, a little girl in new jersey um her wish was to meet lookout bear and she had spina bifida Mm. and she was terminally ill and she was about 10 i think eight eight to ten maybe eight and she wanted to meet lookout bear so I was able to get a friend of mine who owned a Newport resort in Newport beach to donate a room. Hallmark donated a lot of toys and things for her. Uh, A friend at Disneyland donated tickets to Disneyland. And um, so she came out with her sister and her mother and they got to come to my house and she specified, she wants to meet Michael B. Moynihan, the actor. And then she also wants to meet lookout bear. So the first day she came to my, no, no, second day she came to my house. First day they checked into the resort in Newport Beach and Lookout Bear spent the day with her at this resort. And she had been in a wheelchair for many years and didn't really like to get out of the wheelchair, although she was capable of it. It just was hard for her. Mm -hmm. But um, in preparation of meeting her friend Lookout Bear, she practiced and uh, was doing a lot of walking and her mother told me it's the the doctors were just amazed at the progress she made so that she could show lookout bear that she can walk and and she wanted to uh race lookout bear in a foot race and i don't know lookout was off his game that day because he lost that race (laughs) and um and it was a long day yeah in makeup but i left there exhausted but thinking this is one of the greatest days of my life because I, uh, for some reason, was fortunate enough to be chosen to make this beautiful girl smile and laugh and walk um, for the day. And if it weren't for Zubli Zoo and the fact that I was cast as Lookout Bear, I wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to experience that. And mm-hmm. that's why I say it doesn't seem like a happy thing, but it it really was um, one of the, um, you know, uh, turning point in my life when I realized what was important. And up until then, it was all about me and my career and and my money and my acting and me, me, mm-hmm. me. And I realized, wow, how happy it made me to be able to make someone happy like that. And so 
that's a happy time. Well, the, the next day, uh, the limousine brought her to my house and I made breakfast for us and Hallmark had sent out this big basket, t-shirts and toys and books and games of Zoobly Zoo. She got that. And then, uh, we went to Disneyland together and they made her a VIP and just Mickey mouse was pushing her in the wheelchair. It, it was just a really special weekend. And, um, yeah. and so that's a, a very happy, happy memory. And, um, the other one also seems sad, but, um, there was a, a little boy, Jonathan Edwards, and he had brain tumors, brain cancer. And uh. Sandy Grin and I, Sandy Grin played um, Builder Beaver. We were uh, invited, his mother invited us to go visit him. And he was a big Zoobly Zoo fan. And so we did. We went to his house and uh, he was uh, in bed, bedridden with his cancer. And we just sat all day long laughing and joking and talking with him. and. Um, developed a friendship with Jonathan and then um, he had to go back in the hospital. We got to visit him there and he, he uh, did pass away from his brain cancer and his um, parents asked that uh, we would be pallbearers um, for him. And another really um, turning point in my life that this was important to him to to meet me and so i considered it a real gift that i was able to um make a difference for jonathan and his family too and um so those although they don't seem like happy types of situations to me those are my happiest memories mm -hmm. uh, that, that i actually got to um you know do something good for the world <laughs> instead of taking things from the world Mm-hmm. Bring so, some... so not don't mean to bring bring everything down, but it really <laughs> is they are happy, happy memories. Yeah. And, um, and if you could have been there, uh, you would you would uh understand the joy yeah. that that we all felt um both if, uh, from the little girl and I'll, I'll remember her name when I'm not trying to think about it, and also little Jonathan. Um and Zubli Zoo uh gave gave me those gifts. So those nice. are the happy things. Well, that's, that's incredible. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting all misty just thinking about well, it, but Hey, you but, know, uh, your, your podcast is about Christmas and your, your Christmas store and boy, nothing, you know, there's nothing like the Christmas spirit and, mm -hmm. and that joy. And, and so it's very similar. What the stories that I told you is, I mean, it's like that, the Christmas spirit, you know, it's right. just joy. It's good. It's positive. It's gentle. It's beautiful. It's joy. And uh, Amen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. So when it comes to uh, acting, landing the role is half the battle. What do you mm. think the other half is? Being prepared is a big, a big thing because an audition is so different than the work. And mm -hmm. um, if if I was an actor who was a great auditioner but not great on the set or um, or I, a lot of actors that I've worked with have bad attitudes or they're just not nice people. And I think part of being prepared is um, being able to get along with people on the set to know that um, even though the actors get pampered on the set, and I love that, we're not the most important uh, person on that set. And everybody is important on that set. We have writers, we have makeup artists, costumers, director, 
uh, production assistants, um, lighting guys, and every person is so important on that set. And a lot of actors who I know, a lot of my friends, they got on the set and they consider themselves the most important, probably because they're getting most of the attention. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the yeah, half the battle is getting the job, being able to, you know, audition well and get the job. The other, I think the other half is, is being prepared and, and being um, able to work with people and get along and, and keep the job, I guess is the other half, keeping the job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, and that's all part of keeping the job and getting right. the next job. And, and I think, uh, and I've been told that I'm easy to work with and fun to work with. And so that, that word gets around and uh, actors develop reputations as being easy to work with, fun to work with, or miserable to work with. And um, so, yeah, I guess my answer is auditioning, getting the job is half half the job, and the other half is keeping it and getting the next one. All right. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, Michael, it's been phenomenal talking with you um, in general and, and on this episode specifically, but... Tell me about anything you got coming up. What do you want to plug? Well, I don't know if it's appropriate, but uh, I was asked to do a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, by two friends, I consider them friends now, but Zoobly Zoo still today, believe it or not, has a huge fan base. And kids who watched it when we went on the air back in the 80s and we stayed on the air into the 2000s somewhere in the in the world we were mm-hmm. still on the air into the 2000s and a lot of those people are now having their own kids and sharing zoobly zoo with their kids and uh um louise valens stevie valens she also goes by who played was that kangaroo she started a facebook group uh that is a place where a lot of these zoobly zoo fans and friends can get together and talk about Zoobly Zoo and share stories and ask questions uh, to the cast and things. And um, and there were two guys who uh, were part of that, and they contacted me and asked if if I would uh, be a guest on their podcast, Zoobly Zoo podcast. And uh, I said, yeah, that'd be fun. They said, we'd like you to sort of be a co-host and and we can ask you questions, kind of like what what you just asked, Jerry. Some of the questions that you asked and. And I get to go over, and they're doing it one episode at a time. Oh, okay, so, nice. yeah. So, uh, you know, we got you got the uh, Winter Wonderland, the Christmas episode. In, um, I wish we had more Christmas episodes so I could be back on your your show. Um, but You're... the Zoobly Zoo podcast has been fun, and, and two episodes come out each month, and um, that's been fun. But I'm also the uh, lead singer and. Uh, front man of a Beach Boys tribute band called the Beach Toys, and, <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> I, and we have some shows coming up. and And I sh- I love the music of the Beach Boys, and, yeah. and I'm also a musician, so um, I I share uh, during the show, throughout the show, share the the history of the Beach Boys, and we play the music note for note like they recorded it. So people get to hear the Beach Boys music live, and each um, band member in the Beach Toys is playing and singing a uh, corresponding Beach Boys parts. So it's as close as you can really come today to hearing how the Beach Boys sounded when they were playing live. 
when they started out. And I get to share some of the history of, of the Beach Boys. So the Beach Boys, we'll, we may, maybe in a, a venue near you, you can uh, find us on Facebook. And um, we have we do a lot of corporate events and a lot of uh, companies who come out to California to have their meetings because it's cold in Minnesota or wherever they're coming from. <laughs> right. And, and, and they want a uh, California experience. So we end up doing a lot of shows for those corporate parties down, down by the beach here in Southern California. Okay. Um, and then we, we also travel around the country, around the world, Japan, uh, all, all over the place, South America. So uh, are you a uh, Brian Wilson or, uh, no, Mike Love. Oh, okay. Mike. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yep. And you know, as a, a songwriter yourself, uh, I, I'm sure you appreciate the, the Beach Boys music and the, uh, the impact that it had on, on, all on all music you know since then and the influence that brian wilson and his music had on so many songwriters very much uh, i remember yeah. listening to it growing up all the time and yeah. also um i i mean when he used the theremin you know oh yeah i mean it's the instrumentation uh yeah. just just everything yeah pet sounds is phenomenal yeah. so great yeah. album <laughs> great it. album yeah yeah all right. We'll definitely check out. Uh, so it's called the Zubali Zoo podcast. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So definitely check out the Zubali Zoo podcast. Uh, I assume you find that anywhere you get podcasts. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm so terrible with all this stuff. And, and the guys <laughs> tell me, hey, Mike, you know, make sure people know where to find us. Yeah. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Zubali Zoo podcast. Okay. <laughs> all uh, right. Is it like, how do we find yours? Spotify and you can. things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spotify, and Stitcher, Apple. Apple yep, yeah. All those. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to have to uh, tell all my friends to, to tune in. Oh, that'd be fun. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, on that note, I'm going to say thanks one more time. It was very informative and so much fun just chatting with well, you and learning all well, this it's stuff. Well, it's my pleasure, Jerry. It's so nice to meet you. You're such a nice guy. And uh, uh, can can we say Merry Christmas, even of though course. it's yeah, uh, Merry not Christmas. Christmas time? <laughs> Merry Christmas. We sure can. Great. <laughs> and I'm going to end it by saying, come and take a sleigh ride. Come and make a snowman five or six feet tall. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Lookout playing in the snow, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a safe night. Later, dudes. I tell you one thing. You won't catch me waking up any hibernating grizzlies in the wintertime. That's what you want. Zubaroos,